Hello, this is Ryan of the podcast. Uh, there were some issues with James's audio where I hit the truncate silence, as I do, and I guess the decibel of it was set wrong, so James gets cut off at the end of some of his sentences. It sounds really weird sometimes. Um, try and bear with us. It'll be fixed by the next podcast, so uh, enjoy. October 4th. Here's a neat here's a neat old game. We're saying a lot of it, it exactly like you said before. It's video games is video games and Vault of the Void is a phenomenal or actually I don't know if I want to use that qualifier. It's a very good uh Slay the Spirey kind of game. It's it's a card game deck building roguelike. Oh, it's all of them. It's all of the uh all of the words at once. Um so in this game, you're choosing one of four classes. Class has two subtypes. So there's like a lead rogue and there's like a combo. Uh, and it's very complicated. There's a lot there's, of words. I think it doesn't work to its benefit. There's a the, lot of keywords. The, the classes are way messier than in something like Slay the Spire, where where you can kind of... The, you, know, you know one big difference between Slay the Spire and Vault of the Void is that, like you said, that there's two different takes on each class but the takes on each class kind of like change all this weird stuff about their passives um i think in in slay the spire they do it a little bit more interestingly where the the classes are kind of basic on their own but the cards that they get access to is what makes them special like you, you don't pick like poison rogue or something like you just start seeing those cards and then you you go down that path and that kind of stuff i think is a little bit is handled a little bit better and is more interesting. There's a lot of text in the Vault of the Void cards and a lot of weird, really weird like mechanics of like, well, when you play this card, you raise your your you have zero out of ten soul for this class, and playing this card does two damage, blocks four, raises the soul by two. When the soul gets to ten, you can play two. There's like a lot of mechanics all at once, and I'm not saying that it's like bad. Like I said, it, it's a it's a good game. But um, it's it's a little bit messy, and the cards are a lot at once. I didn't always feel like this game actually gives you the feeling of getting your deck together in an interesting way. Because usually by the time that I would finish each run, um, like I just have it was more that I was looking for good cards versus in in Slay the yeah, Spire. And it's also this thing of like you're not updating a deck when you get a card, it's added to your color in between fights you can modify yeah so you're kind so, of supposed to like rather than the finality of the slay the spire is you have a deck and you don't have like cards that you're slotting in and out you have a deck and everything is about building this one really good deck to maybe get through this dungeon or you know like the fun thing is just finding a deck that like breaks the game um just getting cards and passive abilities that just completely break the game and this game doesn't quite do that i don't think that vault of the void quite 
get hits that high note a lot of times because like you said the game is 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 tuned a little bit differently it kind of wants you to look at the challenge ahead and then rebuild a deck and i think that's a little tedious I don't think I want to like be looking at this start of at every fight of like, okay, I'm going to slot out some of these things to put in some of these things. And like I said, I never really felt like I got like out of troll in a fun way in this game, but it really, yeah, hit, for sure. It hits like the beats of vault of the void. Like, I mean, of slay the spire, like nearly exactly on everything else where you have those like passive items that are giving you like abilities that are you know everywhere from basic stuff of like you draw an extra card in the beginning to sometimes like you know if you play two cards you get an extra energy that turn so you could like start cycling or being like very roguelike there's, there's some cool ideas but i don't know if it always capitalizes on i think that there's been some updates maybe it's getting better and i w and i do know for a fact that they had a Steam Deck release. Uh, Steam Deck, they managed, they optimized it for Steam Deck, and I think I want to check it out again. It's, it is a, I, I like this sure, style of but, game. So let me raise you that Monster Train also. People have played Slay the Spire, but not. I think Monster Train does it better. Yeah. And I, I think that in terms of like giving you these like busted, powerful uh, runs, that Monster does it maybe better than Slay the Spire. I think that it's still the the best one uh, that's what that people should check that out yeah absolutely oh yikes blizzard knocking another one out of the park here on october 4th overwatch 2 i played a okay chunkaroo of this i was actually in the philadelphia um i never downloaded this on my pc but i played it for a weekend that the opening weekend of it um at uh Sron, the collector's house and wow what a game this was what an experience this was um it launched and was completely broken at launch uh it was horrible wait times um to get in and then weirdly enough is bad i don't know if you remember this but like it, it, it took like hours to get in and then when you got in the queue times were like 20 minutes between mm. between matches like it was I, pretty I, crazy right it was there insane. was something wrong with the game they were getting ddos yeah which maybe blizzard has coming overwatch 2 is oh man where to where to start i mean Overwatch 1 doesn't exist, so Overwatch 2 is not so much Overwatch 2 as it is Overwatch, because Overwatch 2 is the only Overwatch you can play. And um, Blizzard really stepped up their gameplay here. After, after years of putting this off, they finally released it. One new character for every class. Instead of a 6v6, it's a 5v5. Uh, I think there's like two new maps and then the maps that were in the game got changed from day to night if it was night if it was day and respectively uh, like alternatingly if it's if it was the other way around um, and yeah uh, oh, wow uh, what to say um, it, it, it changed overwatch from uh, being uh, the characters being free to the characters now being either spending a lot of money for them or requiring the battle pass. If you come into Overwatch 2 and you haven't played Overwatch 1, if you played Overwatch 1, you had all the old characters already, you already had them. And if you came in late Overwatch 2, you have to unlock them. And I think we, we talked about this on the podcast. It's not terrible to unlock the old characters. Like, I think it's like every couple, every five or ten games, like you get access to a new character or something. So that's not a terrible way to do it. But um, the real big thing that makes the monetization much worse, in my opinion and in the opinion of everyone, is that since it's Battle Pass monetized now and that you don't get the characters for free when they when they release, an issue happens, and an issue happened immediately 
where um, now you, if a new character comes out, and let's say the character is Ramatra the tank, right? And it's a really, and let's say it launch he, that character launches extremely strong. Um, it, there's only one tank. It's one tank, two healers, two DPS, right? So if your tank decided not to buy the battle pass, they don't have access to that character. And if that character is, let's say, like really important on this map or really meta or like that's what everyone's playing right now, your tank doesn't have it. And that's Ooh. that's it because they didn't pay for it. So that just feels like a weird way to do things. It feels like a aggressive downgrade. I think that the it's too bad because you and I kind of like I like the loot boxes and I feel like overall Overwatch one did a good job with the loot boxes. You could there was like I'm pretty sure there was like a way to get everything you wanted if you you could there was like one of those like dust currencies. It was like a currency. Yeah. yeah. So you could you could get everything you wanted with like the coins or whatever, and you could like you you would eventually get what you wanted. But um, it felt fun opening the boxes, and that there was a lot of cool skins and everything, and it felt cool to get a big skin or whatever. And now like they kind of did away with that, and now it's all um, you you pay for you just straight up pay for the skins now, um, or some of them come in the battle pass. I think it's a, like I don't think anything about that has gotten better handled, but I just think that the gameplay just feels worse. Um, I don't think the gameplay feels necessarily better as a 5v5. Um, it feels kind of, somehow it feels like almost not different. The game still feels like a mess half the time. And one thing that was really bad about the game in like an unrated standpoint was that I never felt like I actually was playing this game correctly because generally what would happen was that, you know, your randos would just keep dying and running forward and then dying mm. again. So whatever team kind of had that, that, that person advantage, was kind of just pushing towards the end as the enemy team stupidly yeah, filed the in. Overwatch problem. Um, um, I would argue that the issues that you see with the um with character acquisition, it's not so dissimilar from what you uh with the character that you know maybe your jungler doesn't have tier one character, and maybe it's a problem that we less of in Overwatch just or in uh, League of Legends just because it's out so long that most people have caught up and just can buy every character when they come out. And, and maybe there's this thing of uh, how do I how do I say it? Uh, there's so many characters in League of Legends that missing a character feels less impactful, less than so many of them. That you know, what's one more extra character? Um, but yeah, I wish I wish um, I felt good about playing Watch. I also wish that maybe if it were, um, I really wanted to like this game because I I actually wanted that like madcap crazy. Um, not as serious like we, we we've talked about this before and definitely when at the release of overwatch 2 it, it feels like i we anyone any viewer knows that we we like valorant a fair deal but valorant is a game that is like you really kind of want to be on for it and if you're not playing well it's not necessarily that fun of a game and with overwatch i kind of wanted that return to this crazy arena shooting like every it's it's insane it's fun it's kind of random and you don't have to you could be drinking or something or you know not yeah. having the best day but still be playing it and still be having a lot of fun and it, it because over be, people have been playing overwatch for like what is it like six or seven years like a long time Capital now o overwatch yeah People, been playing People are trying in this overwatch for, for for years so jumping into overwatch 2 it's not like jumping into overwatch 2 like everyone's crazy and like learning the game is like people know the game you're not have like you're you're getting into a game where like you're you're in a quick play and there's a widow that is air sniping everyone's heads and it's like okay i guess the game i guess i won't play this round that's fun like that's 
like people it's it is not new or different enough that the old overwatch players aren't just jumping in like this is just overwatch like like you're tricking people with that too almost like if they had if they came out with valorant 2 and then and then turned the servers off for valorant 1 and then changed some minor things and added a new character in a new map then you know a, a new person playing that day would be like why the hell are people like tapping my head like i don't understand this like i'm not allowed to play this game so it feels like overwatch is like that boat when it it, it, it's, it wasn't it didn't even feel like when overwatch 2 it wasn't like the boat stopped at the station again and now is the time to get on it's like no the boat is out there the boat is already like 20 miles out in sea and you missed it seven years ago so you if you want to if you want to catch up to it you got to start swimming but that's not going to be fun and uh that's how i feel with overwatch 2 you know, I, I am getting a new phone. I'm getting an iPhone 14 Why? Max. You're still, you're, you, wow, you really love iPhone. Yes. Um, why? What, why why, why am I getting a new phone or why is it an iPhone? Why an iPhone? I don't know, because, I mean, like, at least it's easier for me because I just upload every, like, I, I just have all my information on yeah, the Yeah, but iPhone. you can't download the Snap Fan Tracker because Apple doesn't. That's true. To uh, make your own decisions, install on your phone. True. Do you even have an Airhorn app? I don't have, well, I feel like I can get an air horn app. I don't think that's uh, untrustworthy. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I just press a button and I, I just get the air horn and that's, I, I don't know if, so. So I'm getting uh, a new phone in the mail. I was thinking about, I was thinking about getting a phone, but I was actually thinking about getting like one of the Samsung uh, folding phones. One of oh yeah? Like the screen folds. I, w- I was just talking about these the other day. Like, I wonder if all the kinks got, uh, That's what uh, Hoogland plays on. Oh yeah? Hoogland, uh, Marvel snap string. He loves his, uh, cause he's got... He's a Pokemon Go player also, so he likes uh, having Pokemon Go out when he goes on walks. And then he has another side of the uh, that he could use as a phone or to do a... And I see Pokemon Go's outside. Yeah. So, October 18th, the um, Ant-Man, but full-sized, in the room. It's Marvel Snap, baby. Marvel I, Snap came out October Marvel Snap 18th. came out October 18th and changed... Which is a weird time for, for it to come out, right? Because, um... Wasn't that like in the middle of the Miles Morales? How did that? How did it work? Yeah, it was really weird. It, it. I mean, it's always been weird to me because there was a no white beta. Like Marvel Snap was out for for longer than this, and then there was like the Daredevil and the Punisher. There was and the, the Nexus events. The Nexus events were apparently terrible, and I don't really understand what they were. It, oh, it was getting. Didn't you get like better? There were co- like collection levels for money. There were reserves that were specific to like um. They were bought. There were reserves that you buy with uh, that could contain the sort cards of. Oh wow, that doesn't sound great. So here we are. Finally, it's it's October eighteenth. Marvel Snap came out. I uh, my from some of my favorite gotcha mobile gamers were like, "Hey, th- I'm checking this out. This is not what you would think. This is better than it has any right to be." And for a long time, you know, like I was interested in Marvel Snap, s- semi interesting Marvel Snap because it was Ben Brode, right? Uh, so, so I played like a... it early, and I was like, it's fine. Um, I, I played maybe an hour. I got up to, you know, I unlocked a couple of cards, played through the uh, tutorial, and I was like, it's fine. Yeah. I don't know if I want to get into a to a, to a a card game right now. So when you told me, hey, you try Marvel Snap, I was like, yeah, it's fine. Um, then you were like, you should give this game another try. And I was which like, is no. weird, because I, I guess a lot must have no. changed, right? Probably not. Probably not? So Why not? I just didn't get far enough for it to be interesting. I, I don't think that this game out of the gate is very interesting that uh, it's kind of unassuming. Like you, it, you know, it's you a little unassuming. Like, so what? It's a little unassuming, but it's also not, it's, it, it's a little unassuming, but it's, I don't, I don't think that it's like, uh, 
way it's 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 not like crazy unassuming i it, there's a really good path to starting out but i do think that 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 i i understand what you mean i think that for a long time i wasn't really that interested in this game because i just didn't think about it like that like whenever i saw the early stuff i wasn't a marvel person either. i, 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 was yeah, like, I wasn't Marvel's a marvel fine it's fine i was not a marvel fan um uh, and so, so that was one thing. And then I also kind of like, I think because it's so different than any other, um, than any other, uh, card game, I, I didn't expect, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And then when you see these cards in this game and when you kind of hear the way that the game is played, it was just like, it felt so different than what I'm used to that maybe I just couldn't conceptualize it. And I think a lot of the cards also are just like, um, uh, you know, uh, doubles the cards in your hand. This card, uh, uh, Star-Lord gets plus two and, uh, power if it's played at the location that an enemy plays at. Um, so I, w I didn't expect anything out of this game, and it, it just, like, this just changed the rest of the year for me. It's it... Yeah, so let's talk about, let's start at the beginning of what Marvel... So Marvel Snap is a collectible card game um, made by a new studio, Second Dinner, uh, with some X hearthstone developers on it most notably ben brode who was like the face of hearthstone when it first came so it the, the, the conceit of it is that it the games last for less than five minutes and you are playing cards out to one of three locations uh the locations are random there's hundreds of them uh which essentially means that every game is going to feel a bit your cards out you're trying to uh win at more locations in your opponents you're trying to win at two of the three locations uh by putting out more power there and that's yeah. pretty much it the game lasts for six turns uh mana gain is exactly like hearthstone turn one you have one energy turn two two energy and that's it the games are five minutes long you grind you do your daily quests uh to increase your collection level as your collection level goes up you're gaining access to new cards so the way that the game starts is you're on a fixed track so at level uh, four, you get Angela. At level six, you get uh, Captain America. At level eight, you get Nightcrawler. And you're just unlocking cards until you have all the introductory cards. Then you enter two, uh, where now uh, the card acquisition is a little bit more random. So you're, you're fighting against other people who have access to pool two cards that maybe you don't have yet. So you see someone who has Killmonger. Uh, but you don't have it unlocked yet. So you're building a deck with what you've got. You're trying to make it work. And, you you know, you, you get that dopamine hit of unlocking a new card and then thinking, what can I build with this? Uh, and you progress and you progress until you hit pool three, uh, which is when you start to uh, enter the larger pool uh, where sort of uh, the broader audience of the training wheels are off. And now you're these really complicated and interesting cards every time that you unlock a new card uh there's a possibility that now you have access where all of a sudden you have morph and things change for yeah just to to, to like add on to that um this is such a different style of card acquisition because like you said that there's there's not um uh we, no card we, packs. we always joke about like the booster packs because there's boosters in this game but that's what like the, the way that acquisition works in this game is that it's tied to a collector level like you said um you 
cards start out with like a gray border. They're flat. They're boring. When you upgrade them, you upgrade them to green where they break out of the border. The art is like outside of, if they have a, they have a sword and the sword is poking outside of the frame of the card. Frame uh, break. It goes to, uh, to 3D. It goes 3D. to animated. Animated. It, uh, it goes to, uh, what is it? It's like a shiny logo. Um, shiny logo. It goes to animated frame. And it goes to... Which is so lame. To what animated frame. Animated frame is here. nothing, yeah. So um, stupid. And then it goes to yeah, infinity. Idiots. Uh, where you can split it. But as you're um, uh, into like holographics and stuff like that, and this is really cool, um, but, but as you are... Uh, uh, upgrading that you are upgrading the collector's level, which is making giving you access to new cards. I think that the like this is such a cool way to do a card game, and the reason like why it? is because in with Hearthstone, a new content comes out, and you can throw your wallet at it and have it like right now. Like you can just you could just have it right now. And on day one, you're like a new series comes out, and you could just buy $200 worth of packs, oh, keep opening them, and if there's a card that you want, you can dust them and you can get it, and everyone has access to cards, and because of that, it does, like, like everything goes wild for a couple of days, and then things settle down, and now, you know, everyone, like, if you don't have access to a card because you didn't pay for it, well, that sucks for you because everyone has access to that card. If you paid money, you could have access to it right now. This game doesn't really work like that. Um, you, you slowly get access to the cards. The amount of money that you can spend on the game is limited per day. Um, you can only like... It's a know, high number. It, yeah, yeah, but you can only do, get a certain amount of progress. And it, so like the game isn't really letting you just like sit there and buy $200 worth of stuff and then just go and then just like have everything you want. It doesn't really work like that. Um, you The game is... I, yeah. Yeah. I do want to talk about that, though, because I think that that is a double-edged sword. The, the the thing about card acquisition and the thing about how releases... Because I'll also say that... Um, so, unlike Hearthstone, unlike uh, Magic, cards don't really have classes. You know what I mean? The, the cards are the cards. You could put any card into a deck because it's not like Druid cards go in Druid. There's no colors like white, black. The cards simply are the cards. And that's not to say that they don't have, they do have archetypes. You know, they're your move cards. You have your ongoing cards, your on reveal cards that synergize with other things. But here, here's, here's the thing is that when a new card comes, everybody might have access to it, but in reality, hardly anyone has. So what I mean by this is that throughout every they drop one new. Do you remember what card dropped last week? Orca? No. Uh, Sauron. So oh, yeah, why would you Why would you remember that? You don't remember well, that. Well, Orca just dropped, you, right? No, that was part of a patch. That doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say, do you remember the card that dropped two weeks ago? How mm. How could you remember? Yeah. Because the card drops, you don't get access, right? The There are cards that are coming out. Sauron, Shayna, they're part of the current Savage Lands uh, release. And they come out. They go into series five, uh, which is the rarest card. Extremely rare for a card for you to see a series five card. Yeah, before that, there's a pity timer on the series three cards that is like you ha you have to get a series three card after a certain amount of collection uh, level. So not exactly. I mean, it's it's not really worth getting into. But the idea of it is that collectors reserves they're all in a set of four, and in every four collectors, you're guaranteed to get. Um, a currency item, a cosmetic item, a new card, and uh, collectors. Every every four card, every four reserves. Uh, that will be the case. Uh, there is a one in forty chance that when you open a collector's reserve, 
uh, it will be a series four card. Uh, there is a one in 400 chance that a uh, reserve will, or that a card that you unlock will be a series five card. Uh, most uh, most people, you just don't open. The streamer I watch the most, uh, Jeff Hoogland, has literally never opened. A That's how rare they are. He plays eight hours a, eight hours a day, and he's never opened one. He spends the max amount of money that you could spend on the game a day, and he's never opened. Uh, Brutal. It is so rare. So every time that a new card releases, Sauron released last week, Shayna's releasing this week. These characters are both part of this Savage Lands. They're, they're thematic. Uh, they're neat with the cards that have released for this. Uh, every We should say every battle pass uh, contains a card that you can assume everyone in the community is going to be picking up the battle pass. It's $10, so you're essentially like a $10 monthly fee keep up with like the battle pass. Or you could uh, just counter it or whatever. I mean, yeah, yes, but, sure. Yeah, I assume that most people who should, are like, you should buy the battle pass. If you're going to play this game, you should buy the battle. So it's like $10 a month, right? So that gives you access to Zabu. Zabu is a card that might synergize well uh, with Shayna, which is the card that's tonight. Uh, but they're releasing into series five, which means that there is a one in 400 chance that when you open a cache, you're going to see it. Uh, so, so it's a bit, it's a bit lame, right? Like it's a, you're, you're not really getting to enjoy uh, the new cards when they only the, uh, the, the people who are really max spending. The alternative to this is that there's another way to, uh, and that is the collector's token. So collector's tokens, they're one of the uh, things that you can open when you uh, open a box up the collector track, uh, and essentially a thousand. You you usually get these in denominations of a hundred. Uh, 1,000 of these tokens, so uh, 10 sets of them will get you a Series 3 card. Uh, 30 sets of them, so 3,000 tokens, will get you a Series 4 card. And 60 sets, or 6,000 tokens, uh, will get you a Series 5 card. So people who have completed Pool 3, people who have almost every card in the game, uh, they get these tokens at a much higher rate. They get um, 6 times as many uh, or no, they get five times as many collector's tokens as everybody else. That's fine. So ultimately, people who are complete, they're more, they are going to see uh, these cards. They're they're going to get the opportunity to buy these uh, with collector's tokens if they really want them. But it but it changes the card acquisition. Now, once you complete series three, your primary acquisition for getting cards is no longer the track. It's no longer I'm going to happen upon this card that I'm really excited about. It's I want this card, so I'm going to wait for it to cycle into my collector's token. Yeah, I think that that you're not wrong. There's definitely problems with this game, but it sh but the other side of it that should be said is like this game is really still in its infancy, and Second Dinner is extremely vocal as far as as developers go. In fact, like this was starting to be a problem before, and they added the token shop, which which has helped things because pre prior to to this. It used to be that like one of the options in the in the 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 caches was boosters, which felt really bad because the boosters are are a currency that helps you make the cards uh, increase their rarity, which in which helps your collection level go up. Which means that like it was this bad feeling of like I'm already getting boosters by playing the game with the cards I like, so just getting the boosters is just helping you raise up the track. But that means that instead of getting a card, I just got boosters. So they added the token instead which feel better to get which let you maybe pin a card that you really really want to get on the track so that has like kind of so so acquisition has improved a little bit and there are definitely problems and i i totally agree with like 
the way that the cards have come out is really slow and really really weird because you just kind of don't get them in a lot of cases unless you can like can get can save up enough of the token tracks they're so they're so rare that said like like the 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 double edge on that the other edge on that is that marvel snap accounts are so unique feeling and there's so many things about there's so many things that make it that way in this game i really love the way that uh this game more than any other card game teaches you should is like teaching you kind of how to play it a little bit more and to experiment and to um try things out I, the, my experience through the entire like pool three uh game was like i don't have x card but i just got a new card and like how can i fit this new card into my my deck like what cards don't i have i don't have wong and everyone's yeah. beating me with wong i need to put pay i need to put cosmo in i need to put rogue in like it, everything that this game is about is um is like learning the playing of this game and I think that there's such a huge difference between like it it, it 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 this is maybe like this this comes across as like the shill and I am giving like the the other side of this and that is that the that like Sauron releases and no one's gonna have him for a long time but it feels like kind of cool and crazy when you see that card when you're like whoa like this guy built a Sauron deck or if you get if you're lucky enough to like find that in the token shop or to, to unlock uh, it yeah. To get to get like Luke Cage or something, suddenly you're like, oh, I have this new card that completely creates a new deck archetype, and that not everyone has access to this. Like I get, sure, like I sure. got Thanos, but but some of them don't. Some of the cards in Series Five that are going to release, sure, Dark Darkhawk just as good. He's just like a pile of stats, you know. And maybe all the cards don't need. And and I feel like if that's if that is their whole pipeline, then suggestion is what that you, you it. Not every card that releases can be like a, a, a new build around, you know. Yeah. Not every some the the cards should come in a different. Way, to be I fair, think. though, and then also at the end of this month, we are th some of the most important and meta defining cards of series five and four are are dropping series. So which a bunch is of, more exciting than a new card release? A bunch right? of but, series. And that's funny. Yeah, a bunch of series four cards that like like Luke Cage that I mentioned um, are dropping down into the next uh in, into series three which means that they will be rapidly consumed by the the player base will get those um it's also like it's interesting in a lot of ways because this is just like such a different type of card game like when you you can have uh uh decks you can have like like this happened uh uh interestingly with like leader where people didn't have all access to it and as the player base kind of now the the average player because i started playing in uh, when this game came out, uh, I, you know, I started in pool one, started in pool two, went to pool two, went to pool three. And we had this pool three experience where you and, and Galloway and I were all gaining cards slowly. And we were saying, oh, I just got this card unlocked. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to put him in? And people were slowly figuring things out. And because of that, cards that might be like broken or or wild or do some things like they don't have the eyes on them they don't have the the the, the stats the data on them yet until everyone is getting them so you just felt this like thing happen where as people were kind of getting close to compete completing pool three suddenly like just leaders everywhere and it's like leaders been in the game for months he's not new but now but people didn't realize like what a problem he is and like now we're just slotting him into everything so there's something interesting about like that way and, and i think one crazy thing we didn't mention which is like maybe the most important thing about this game is the snapping um uh i think it's like 
such a bizarre, insane addition to a card game that also is like where a lot of the skill and ability to play this game lies. Um, and it takes away a lot of the, the it, it does so, the snapping element adds so much to this game. So um, every game on uh, uh, as you're raising the ladder, um, you're going from like one whatever starting like wood rank all the way up to 100 infinity, where it's like a uh, you're kind of like locked into infinity. It's kind of like a celestial um, to go up the ranks. Every per every rank of of you're going you know from rank 60 to 61 to 62 to 63, and every rank is split up between 10 cubes to to get to the next to the next number, and every rank is you know groups of 10. So if you, uh, uh, every game is really worth one win, one or one win or one loss on, on ladder, the same way that it was in Hearthstone, where a win puts you up one closer, a loss puts you one down further, right? And in Snap, there's one huge difference, and that is you can Snap, and as you, you wager more, more, more cubes for the game, you make the game worth more, and your opponent sees it. So it's this kind of like bluff of, I think I have something really good. I think you can't beat me. I'm yeah, I mean, wagering. It's, it's raising and poking. I, I am raising the stakes. And as the game goes longer, the stakes are raising for both players. And the other player can ante it up and snap themselves and then make it an eight cube game. So they'll, the, the, play, the other player will wager like eight of their cubes and you will get eight cubes for a win. A big Which means a victory, yeah. Essentially like quadrupling the, the value. Yeah, that's a, that game. becomes an eight that's an eight swing on the ladder. That's eight positive wins or eight losses. It's going to be a big, huge deal. So learning this game and learning, you know, what are the cards that he could play? What is the best way to play this? I, it, this is the, like, this is the most skillful card game. This is still with, with the complaints. Like, I think this is the most skillful card game I've ever played. It takes a long time to learn to pilot some of these decks. Um, usually my experience is even with good decks, I kind of play them a bunch and I lose a lot until I really learn like what, when do I snap with this deck? What are the cards that, that win? What are the locations that win? What are the decks that seem to just always beat me? Like you learn these things. What are the swing turns? Like, what do I need to know? So like the better a player is, I think the better that they definitely do at this game. There's, there's tons of, there's an insane amount of choice per game. Like you're not just, it's not just between like the in a lot of other games like Hearthstone, the choices you're making might just be I have one mana. What cards can I play for one mana? Those are my options in this game. Even that that initial choice of I have one card and one mana. I'm only there's only one card I can spend. Um, I you still have to decide which of the three lanes you're playing it in. So you're always making every single choice is like ex exponentially larger because yeah. you're making choices and, and, about and where you're. Other interesting considerations here right because the decks are smaller the decks are 12 size. so no 12, repeats 12 cards as opposed to like um 30 cards and so this it changes a lot because what it means is that if you know your opponent is piloting a specific deck you can also count on them like there's a 75 percent chance that by turn six they have their win condition. If, if you figured so, out that they're playing Silver Surfer, then there is a really high chance that by turn six, they have the Silver So and, and it also means that this game has... It's, it's interesting because the game has a lot of variance, but it also has less RNG when it to uh, the actual draw decks. Draw or, de or your deck working out. Yeah. there There is still that idea of, like, you're not going to get all your cards with what you get, right? Like, there is still, like, what if you don't get your cards? You have to make it work. Uh, but the decks are, uh, 
more consistent than in a lot of other cards. And it really is just like, how do I fight my opponent's deck at these locations? And the locations are the star of the show. We, we didn't even really talk about them. Uh, but it's more than just like this is the left, middle, and the right. Yeah, the games are so they, short, like we they said. They do but interesting things. The, the games are so short, like we said, and there's it, it, it feels almost that you get that roguelike synergy dopamine release of like you are playing an on-reveal deck and then you see the on-reveal, double on-reveal Kamara Taj. Uh, or Taj. Or you're playing Wong deck and you see Onslaught Citadel. You see these kind of like locations pop up you're playing deadpool and you get vormir or you get altar of death you're, you're playing this game and like it, it you sure you your anyone's answer can be like well that's not fair for the deck like you get a move deck that says where one of the locations says it the cards that move into this are destroyed or the other way around the cards that move into this location get plus two um and, and of course you can have stuff like that but you're you're then retreat the games are because of the retreating you you aren't wagering as much you're making these choices the game's like like it's it's up to the to you at the end of the day to decide whether or not like you're you're staying in this game that you think you can win it so there's there's so many things like that um i also think that like one of the coolest things that this game does uh, uh be, be, because of these like all these different elements and because of the snapping and because of all that, is that this game really more than any other card game? This game re uh, rewards your your thinking and your your creativity versus just net decking. And the reason why is the more of a net deck you play, the more that people will exactly know what you're going to do. There's a, one of the most popular and consistent decks is I mentioned is the Silver Surfer, but you can pretty much math out exactly their last turn in most cases you can usually kind of see like okay they put their brood down here their brood is like is going to get this much from the surfer where their maximus is over here like where are they playing this like you kind of can see where where these things are happening in most cases and the more surprising or interesting you can be the more that you can like like especially at when in in pool three when you're not used to the cards yet or or you see someone do something wild you're like wait i haven't thought of like i haven't thought of this like idea of putting this card into a deadpool deck or like i've i haven't thought of of doing this kind of creative thing of of like uh silver uh, surfer lockjaw with nakia yeah something like that like you do you can do these crazy things and the more that you surprise your opponent the less that they could know the more that they might stay in for a turn that's like actually horrible for them and you could steal more more cubes and raise up better the the more creative you are the less the opponent has seen you seen what you've done the, the higher you can go up and then there's another crazy fucking thing about this mechanic and that is the fact that you can a deck doesn't have to win a lot to be good it's so complicated and weird to say that you you can you can play a deck that is like an exodia deck that has to do this insane thing that you think is so fun like deadpool venom that i play it was playing a ton of where the whole deck is revolved around constantly killing deadpool and having him come back to your hand and you have to have this like really nice draw but even if the if the deck like you know draws badly it can lose a lot but it doesn't matter that it draws badly it loses a lot it matters that what's my cube gain at the end of the day because you can retreat yeah. force you it's can about retreat the cube equity yeah That's like what you it's could about i i could lose i i could win one out of every five games right like i have a 20 percent win rate but if that fifth game that win 
I snapped and my opponent didn't see this coming because they they're like, wait, what the, was this person playing? I didn't think that they were going to like Deadpool Taskmaster turn six. I didn't think they were going to do this. Like if if you do that, then uh you you get the eight and then you lost the four from the 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 losses and you're still good. Like you're you're that deck is great and that's that deck has a twenty percent win rate and you're going to climb the ladder with it. So finding so the decks that are crazy or work in insane ways, if you pilot them right or you make the right choices, like you can climb with them. You, like you like you can still be consistent and climb the ladder with a 20% win rate deck. And that is crazy. Like you don't have to play the best deck. You don't have to play the deck that wins 51% of the time to raise because half the time that you're doing that, everyone knows that deck and they're never going to let you take that many cubes off them because they know they're mathing it out. You, you, you just got it off of, you know, like snap fan or something like they've seen circle surfer before. You're not going to surprise them. So I really like that. Uh, there's so many things about this game that it's like we've talked a lot about it. I, is there something I? I mean, like I, I love. I, I'm a sucker for the way that the um the skins work in this game because yeah because like you, you every day you get access to a new shop and you can buy like the cosmetic skins and this is one of the main ways that they monetize things and you can upgrade the skins and everything like that but it's not really giving you any advantage in the actual game. But one of the really crazy things about it is that. Since there's a limited amount, since there's six slots in your shop a day and you're seeing only the cards that, you know, you have access to, everyone has a unique, completely unique shop and is looking at completely unique um, reskins of the, 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 the character art. And you can just see the thing that's just like, oh, this is awesome. I love this so much. And then people can like, you know, thumbs up, can like look at your cards and be like, I love that card. I haven't even seen that in the shop before. I love that art. And you could just like play a really cool, you know, like a card that like people haven't seen before that like feels cool and unique to you and your account. Um, the way that you upgrade the cards is so unique. You, as you upgrade them to the highest level, you can split them and they gain random effects. So you can have like cool stuff of like a, I have a carnage, a, a really cool carnage, uh, art germ carnage that I really love the way it looks. And like ha a lot of times I play it, people like comment on it and, um, it has a like red comets. So like it's like a bloody carnage with like red bloody comets around it and everything like that. I have like uh, a blue marvel with like black flame coming off of it. There's like really cool. I wish you could choose the. I wish you could set levels. Like I wish that you could like keep your viper with a green border and your blue marvel with like a. Yeah. You know. Um, but this game is, in is incredible, and it, it, it this game changed my, the rest of my year. From then on, I played a ridiculous amount. In the hundreds of hours, like I, it has to be like 400 hours. Like I played an insane amount of this game. And the, the games being so short is like I can play, play like five games while I'm in the bathroom. So it's like it's, it's I played amazing. three games during this discussion. I didn't. So, I didn't uh, yeah. And then I just started watching tons of Marvel stuff after that. And I got Disney Plus. And you got, got me the um, best Marvel, and I got Marvel Unlimited, a comic service where you get the whole backlog of Marvel. You got me one of the coolest gifts I've ever got in my life for Christmas, a Marvel year by year visual history. It has all these like it, it mostly shows like the release of different characters and when stuff came out. It's a beautiful, like awesome, incredible looking like coffee table book. And there's so much cool like lore and stuff in it. I didn't know this, but like after World War Two. Uh, the superhero genre of comics was failing. So Marvel retooled things to be for girls. So it became all dating comics. I don't know if you knew this. 
I didn't so, know that. So all so for like a decade they stopped making superheroes and then all the here all the comics are like, you know, teen romance. Ooh. Yeah. Um oh where my she god. Hulk started? Where did She-Hulk start? Um she wasn't she's not as late as you think. She I think she's like 60s. All right. Um and it's just interesting looking at like Jack Kirby and Stanley's history. It's you know, you know that like I've heard people talk about this before, but it is really buck wild. If you are lucky to create one cool character, right? Like it would be it's it would be something if you and I created Batman, you know, and then we were and then our memory is like that is the guy who created Batman. Stanley and Jack Kirby created like all of this, saying the amount of stuff that they created that like the the amount of Marvel characters that tie back to them. It's it's wild. Do you have anything else yeah. to say about Marvel Snap? How, how do you feel about it now? I feel good about it. I'm I'm gonna keep playing it. Um, I think that there are some issues with it, and I think it's sad to hear that the game is not uh, performing very well monetarily. That's true. Uh, I didn't hear that. So I didn't know that. There was a Ben Broad interview on um, where he says that like uh, in in the gamut of card game, uh, Marvel is not uh, as the, as financially as successful as they would want it to be. So. You know, I guess we'll we'll see where it nets out. I, I'm I'm and, surprised. Like, I wish that they would try having like more five or ten dollar packs because I think that five dollar pack coming soon. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people pack. that like the people there there. This game has a, a a very fervent base, and I think that there's like tons of content about it. There are tons of fans. People are really enjoying this game a lot, but. A lot of people are still like I've, I, I. It's funny because coming from a mobile game, uh, being a mobile game player, um, it's uh, it's 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 funny to hear uh, like Reddit comments like, "Why would you spend a hundred dollars on a mobile game?" People aren't like there yet, and that is like an anathema idea. So it's that's I think that's very interesting. And if the packs were more like five ten dollars, I think that people wouldn't like bat an eye to spend on them. And then you, there's always like a you know it's like the the cost trade off like the pro bundle is a terrible price um and you can't i don't think you're going to rope most people into buying that but if you say like here is a insanely good price here's five dollars for like way best too value. Much. here's best value five dollars for way too many credits then like i bet tons of people would just be like oh yeah five dollars no problem like I, like i'll take the but little bit of yeah but you have to be mindful that you don't give people enough that they can actually uh yeah like there needs people here, here's the other thing is like people like getting things. People don't necessarily like having things and that's what they don't know. People don't want to have everything. There needs to be something to chase, but it, it's this weird thing of like um, people, people think they know what they want, but they really don't when it comes down to psychology. And you have games that are extremely generous, like um, Legends of Runeterra, uh, which is a very generous game and it's a very well-made game, but it's, it doesn't perform as these other games. And th there is such a thing as people, people need the chase. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that a lot of the stuff they were talking about, a lot of the creativity, a lot of the the account building, a lot of the I have X cards so I can build this deck. You have X cards so you can build a Y cards so you can build a completely different deck would go away. Like the the this game, like it it feels weird to say, but they could just be like insanely. They could just say Sauron is out and he's in your box. He's right there. Everyone has him. This is the most free to play card game ever. We gave you every single card, and the and they keep giving you every single card. And whenever a card comes out, they give it to you. No problems. No acquisition problems. Every it's completely fair. Everyone has access to every card. And like, 
at the end of the day, like, is that is that fun? I don't know. Like, the, then a lot of the the creativity, a lot of the deck building goes out of the window. A lot of this the the this account building, this uniqueness, this like, I have built up an account. I have these cards. I have these skins. I have like worked for all this kind of stuff. Just kind of goes out of just like, yeah, I have all the cards and like, and then also you just have things where it's like net decking becomes more appropriate because you're not. It's not you. You didn't just get Luke Luke Cage and you're trying to figure out how does he work into your decks. Like, everyone has Luke Cage, so they've already found out that he's bad or whatever, or he's good. So, like, it, like the same way that Hearthstone works, where people just get access to these cards right away, and then they just burn out the, the deck building is, like, yeah, I, I agree with you, is that people want these cards, and it would be, like, um, so exciting to get one of these, like, rare cards in a pack, but... And that that's like a cool thing to chase. But if you just got them, then like you would just make the decks and you might burn out a little bit more quicker on the game. You might not, it might not be as new. You might not, you might not even have to make those choices deck building. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Here's an insane game that came out uh, officially after this because the Marvel official launch, the the No White beta began uh, 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 June 9th. I have that written down. Um, And the official launch of Marvel was was October 18th. Two days later, the official launch for Vampire Survivors, a game that has been mentioned quite a lot on this cast because this was a very Vampire Survivory year, uh, launched officially and I think had a lot more content and some new... A, a game that defined a generation. It really did. Uh, in a sense. I mean, so Vampire Survivors, you know, we keep mentioning like a Bullet Heaven and Vampire Survivors and Vampire... People say Reverse uh, Bullet Hell, Bullet Heaven. But for those that don't know what it is, and and they all do. Friend of the show, Rod. He's even playing. He's Vampire played Survivors. him. Everyone's everyone's playing it. Everyone's played it. Vampire Survivors. It's, it's a couple dollars it? on. St- what are you doing? Go download it's, it. It's five. It's five dollars. Go download I've it. Played, it's a cup. The price know, of a small coffee. You, but I've played. I've played twenty nine hours. I've gotten my. I've got my money's worth. This game is jam packed with content. Uh, but it is a roguelite game where you don't press any buttons all that you do is a character uh they have weaponry uh that they will automatically fire uh and there will be different ones that work in different ways so there's like a fire wand which will randomly towards an enemy there's a magic wand which will fire towards the enemy that's closest to you there's a whip that will hit you hit on the left and right side uh there's an axe which is like a traditional castlevania thrown up and then it's down uh as you play through a 30-minute uh you're upgrading your items, uh, you're upgrading your axe, so now it throws two axes or it becomes larger. Uh, you're getting access to passives, and unbeknownst to you at the start of the game, but as you uh, collect passives and evolve weapons all the way up, you'll find out that you can evolve a weapon into a much more powerful final form of it that is really going to mow through the enemies and really going to destroy them. So towards the end of the run, if you've played well, if you've picked up the right gear, uh, you become a killing machine. You become the bullet hell where you are shooting out so many projectiles firing off so many weapons that everything around you is being laid to. Yeah, this is is a game about uh, dopamine rush. The enemies are piling in off. Did you know that the person who made this game, before they made this, they programmed a slot machine. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Um, the 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 enemies are piling out of the sides of the screen. Your late game, you're just you are surrounded by Bibles, and you have massive garlic ore that kills anything that comes near you. And 
there's like multiple whips flying out of you and 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 grim reaper sights are flying in every direction and just this the numbers of the damage you're doing is just like exploding everywhere and there's it's hundreds you're what the, the kill count is going up by like hundreds in a second and it's just insane it's like insane and it's and i think vampire survivors does a very good job of like you you don't really know in the beginning, like you do have to like fight for a lot of this stuff and you don't make it that far. And as you're, you're, you're unlocking things, you're, you're, you're getting stronger passes. And one of the big ones you get is duplicator, which uh, uh, starts off by duplicating anything you have in a run. So if the, if you start off, if you get the, the, uh, the Bible that rotates around you, you start off with two Bibles um, right away. So, so like, it just it just increases like you're getting these passives in the runs that are giving you more health, more speed, more experience, um, uh, doubling the the uh, weapons, doing uh, increasing the area of effect of your of your of your holy water of your 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 garlic, and then at some point. Like in the beginning, you're you're not making it that far, and uh, as these enemies are waddling on screen, you're dying to to these enemies kind of slowly waddling up to you and just kind of crowding you. And then by the end of the game, once you've like upgraded your your account enough and you start getting better and you start learning the game more and and you start understanding the paths and the routes you like and the the uh, weapons you like, you are just like a you are the boss. But you're also finding a lot of secrets. a this lot of unlockables in this game. Full of secrets, full of unlockables, some very weird level, some weird and trippy level you get to towards the end uh, that go in some unexpected direction. So worth checking out. Five dollars. It's so cheap. Uh, it's it's spawned a genre. It's on Game Pass, you know? Yeah, it's spawned a genre. Just buy it. I feel like just buy it. Persona 5 Real came out. Also also on Game Pass. How crazy October is that? October 21st. Persona 5 Royal is on Game Pass. So I put this here. Because finally, Persona 5 Steam Deck. PC and to Steam. And and this is so crazy because Joker, the protagonist for Persona 5, what has been in Smash Brothers for years. He's been in Smash Brothers, I think, 2018, maybe earlier. And he was not on, he wasn't, you couldn't play as the character on, on the Nintendo Switch, despite him being in a Nintendo game. So that was crazy that they would give the rights to Joker to Smash while you couldn't use him in his flagship game. But now, finally, Persona 5 is available on all of the platforms. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's outperforming. I think it's outperforming how well it did. I, I don't have numbers, uh, but I know that it has been extremely successful. Uh, the game on Steam has 20,000 reviews, almost 21,000 reviews with a 90 positive. Uh, it is the magnum opus of JRPG genre uh, in terms of AAA jrpgs such a great game and awesome that it's finally available uh, and i feel even players. worse that i haven't finished it it's like the like now it's like i don't even have as much now i could play it on steam deck you could play it on steam deck i bet it runs great there it's also on a game pass so you don't even have to if you have game pass you don't even have to pay you could just play it on your on your game pass and and you know you could also uh play your game pass game steam decks what have you got to lose right pretty mm-hmm. crazy 27th of october Another one of these mobile games, Path to Nowhere, is a really good, really well-received um, uh, Arknights kind of game. Um, it's, it's tower defense Enemies move along a set path, and you drop characters down uh, to attack them, and you have, you know, ranged and and uh, uh, melee type of characters and casters and everything. And similar to Arknights, so you kind of, or tower defense as well, you're kind of building up 
a resource slowly so it can be kind of like hectic like as the enemy enemies are filing in and you need to put someone a tank down like right now and uh, you're making these choices about who you're going to deploy at what times um, it has a really cool gothic-y aesthetic um, and uh, a lot of people ended up really liking this game um, I just didn't I didn't stick with it quite as much but I think I overall liked it. I think one of the big differences with, with this game versus uh, some of the other Arknights or ta power, uh, tower defense gotchas um, is that you could always move your characters. It's kind of insane when you think about this style of gameplay. And because of it, the um, the, the game is like actually hard. Um, instead of just being able to have like perfect deployment times of, okay, you wait for five and then you deploy your, when you get to five, you, you deploy your tank at, at this area and then he, they start soaking up the enemies over here and then you get your archer out. Th this yeah, game... you can't, you can't like, there's, uh, there's so many optimization, there's the potential for optimization. Of games, yeah. And know, it's, it's really crazy because this game is allowed to do stuff like, oh, we just surprise opened a path and none of the enemies are like going down the path. You have things. So you have to scramble to move your characters and um, you're very like actively j throwing people around the battlefield to where they're needed. So it's an extremely um, like intense version of this where you have to be always um, like glued to the screen. You can't really like have just, just like have it on auto run that like, you have to kind of make sure you're you're watching it every single time and, got and it. it's got so a cool speak, so speaking of auto run i've got dinner coming in three minutes so real quick let me tell you about uh modern warfare 2 uh it's best, the second it's it's the best modern warf it's the best call of duty game to date uh this is a game that really feels like three games i've talked about it recently this is also the part of the podcast where a lot of what we're discussing are things that we've already recently you kind of know our feelings on. uh but modern warfare 2 you have the campaign which is a terrific action campaign you've got the multiplayer which has some really terrific maps it's still getting updates uh, and then you have the dmz mode which is the extraction style shooter uh in the vein of like a tarkov in the vein of hunt showdown and and then you also have the war zone which is like the extremely popular uh, battle royale mode so you really have so much going for you and uh it's a really incredible package it is a 70 dollars game deep for a lot of people my argument would be that uh, Activision has announced that they're not doing another call this year. So this is also most likely to be uh, the most uh, well-supported Call of Duty game that we've ever gotten. So I, I think that that, that that kind of is like a caveat. Is you can expect that this game uh, will have support, will have a player base uh, for longer than any of the other Call I think that there's that adds value, right? I, I just wish, and I've said this before, I just wish that they would release one Call of Duty Make it the Call of Duty. Make it free. Make it whatever. But I, I'm tired of Reese. Just give me the one Call of Duty game. Because also you said that you're just looking for that fun turn off your shooter. That could be Call of Duty. It, it is such like a dumb fun that like you jump in, you have fun. So November 4th, a game that we can all, except some of us, that can't enjoy. It's Nikkei, goddess of... Uh, no, November 4th is my brother's birthday. So it makes sense that a game would release that he's really... Is he into it? No. There's a there is a lot of people that are into this game actually like I do know people who are into this game, um, I've met people who are into this game. This is this game is doing extremely well. This is like a I, this has been at the top of the um, uh, earnings charts for uh, mobile games. So this is a huge breakout sh hit for Shift Up, which is the um, 
Destiny Child people. Um, they are, again, this is something that we've kind of talked about a little bit more recently, but I, I guess a game like this, I have a little bit of, uh, I have two months of perspective on it. Um, this is a shooter gotcha. It's the first of kind so far. It is like almost a uh, gameplay wise is kind of like a time cop shooting game. Like it's like it's like uh, uh, you similar to like arcade shooting games where like the the stages move or like, um, you know, House of the Dead, like you are moving a cursor around and shooting um at at uh raptures which are these when you uh, say you're moving a cursor around this is a mobile game though this right? is a mobile game um uh, where you are you, you are sliding your finger around to move a cursor um and aim you're not like tapping on where the enemies are you are uh moving a cursor around uh using your thumb on the bottom of the screen uh, you have a team of five Nikkei's, which are uh it, th- in the lore they are like they are girls that are built with like android parts and they are modeled to be the the i i I, they say it exactly in the campaign why they look the way they do but they're like the ideal image of the of the human race which is to say boob girls and anime um this it's it's funny because I, i think a lot of like the the lewdest of gotchas destiny child shift ups last project uh cert uh focus on the the front of the of of the of the anime woman but this is a game that focuses on the back uh and it has a lot of uh a a, a a very egregious amount of of jiggling so this is a a very fan servicey game um it it is uh doing well probably for that reason certainly um and it on a on a more positive you know, note it, it it is it has a better story than it deserves to than it has any. Um, I think that I, I was saying a little bit earlier that that with gotchas, some of the big things that kind of like if I don't want to collect the characters, like end of story. If I don't like the art style, then you know, like of course, end of story. It's like I usually don't, wouldn't go for chibi games or anything that doesn't make the characters like at least like at least look interesting kind of and like this game certainly makes the characters look interesting a waifu collecting that's you're cool with that oh yeah most definitely most definitely i mean you can't be you can't not be cool with waifu that's kind of like that's really the heart of gotchas i think is waifu or husbando collecting like that's that's what it is that's what that's what it kind of gets down to i think the thing that that keeps me playing a a gotcha versus versus falling off are number one you know the new content how is it how is the new content coming out because one really positive thing about gotchas is that they they usually come out with content very very rapidly so it's like you know two weeks every two weeks or so there's a new character or a new patch or a new event or a new story or new something so they're usually like iterating very quickly they're usually coming out with new stuff and the stuff that's come out for this game has been pretty good they're telling like that like the the especially the christmas story was a really interesting they they told a surprisingly poignant story about one of the uh characters in the game um it is having like basically like 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 the what the Nikkei are are a human's brain inside of a robot girl and if the brain is destroyed then the 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 Nikkei is destroyed but there's just one where it's a child but it keeps realize if if it realizes how weird that it, its existence is then like it it starts having panic attacks so they they have like the there there's these 
nano machines in the Nikkei's brain that like you know do stuff like stop their pain or or like you know give them these like superhuman abilities and they can do all these kind of sort of things and one thing they can do is memory wipe them so this this child constantly is like suffering from like panic attacks and like is not able to like really live in this body and uh the their their brain is constantly being reset and the whole idea of the the christmas story was that uh they are for the first time since things are going well in this world you you the, the story conceit is that you are a commander that's commanding these these anime girls to take back the surface you live underground um in the ark and the surface is overrun with these murderous uh sentient robot um so apparently things are going so well with like under your command that uh that the your like boss is like how about we do christmas we haven't done christmas for a long time so we're gonna make fake snow for the the month of december and we're gonna set things up like christmas to like you know make everyone in all the humans that live in the ark happy and they're celebrating christmas and this 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 nikkei that can't really remember anything because they keep getting memory wipe um you're trying to give them like a Christmas that they would remember even without the memory wipe. And there's all this stuff that goes into like, Hey, that's like horrible. Why is it a child that is like inside of this, this body that, that also is like having so many panic attacks that they can't, that they keep having to have their memory wiped. And like, it oh, goes that's into, a bad business move. Yeah. It goes into like all this kind of stuff and like what their family was like and, and, and everything. And it's, it's, it was a really good story. So, the, so there's some kind of interesting stories being told and the overall story for it is pretty good. I don't want to like, you know, praise it too much. Cause it is what it would is. You, would you put your brain in a robot body? Yes. But I think I would be like this child where I would just constantly. What if the body were only five foot tall? Yeah, sure. I live forever. But you have the strength of 10 gorillas. You're making it sound better. I'm, I'm Antbot. I have the the strength of ten gorillas, um, but yeah, this is a this is a uh, uh, I I am still playing this game. Um, uh, the the stories and events have been pretty good, and actually the gameplay of it has gotten a lot better. Um, I think that like the bosses are really challenging in this game. You actually have to uh, learn the mechanics of them a lot of times and learn what kind of stuff you need to aim for first to like break off different parts and time. How many uh, gotchas do you actively play at once? Like how many games do you have on rotation? It, it can depend from like zero to four or so. Sometimes when it gets to that that number, it's like you, I start to realize I can't really get it going or you just don't care as much. I think right now I have like four or so or three um, plus like snap if snap counts and it doesn't. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, that's Nikkei Goddess of Victory. A lot of people like it. And if you are the type of person that would like it, you should know. Um, November 7th, Soulstone Survivors came out in early access. And this is, again, another one of these vampire survivor games. But but this is in, an interesting in, one. In a lot of ways, this might be the pinnacle of it. I mean, I, vampires, I don't want to put I don't want to put any shade on vampire survivors because the OG do be doing the work. Like Vampire Survivors does have, it did have a, a, a lot of good updates. There's a there's new DLC for it. Har, I think it's Harmony of the Full, like that. I think that came out uh, recently. I'm definitely getting it wrong. But Vampire Survivors is phenomenal, and it deserves to be like the one that kicked this all off. But Soulstone Survivors is really interesting. So Soulstone Survivors is a 3D isometric one of these. It's um, also ten dollars. It's ten dollars. Most so it's a, expensive. It's a little bit more expensive than the other ones. But like when when it comes down to the whole, you know, finding a a a synergy and finding a kit, this game might be the best when it comes down to that. If for the people sure. that that yeah. 
that want to find like my oh my first big upgrade was i got legendary version of the poison trait and now whenever my poison procs it like explodes in an area and it's poisoning everyone else and if you're hearing these things and you're thinking like whoa you i you start getting you, you get poison now you now your poison is procking and exploding in circles and now you've got another trait that means that whenever you poison someone it combusts them and it does fire damage and now you got something whenever you do fire damage it makes them leave a trail of fire and it's hurting other like this game is like it gets out of control with these kind of things really quickly and it is so much fun it is probably if i have to if i had to play one of them forever this one would have to be the one um the classes in this game are so cool in vampire survivors a lot of the classes are are like there there's some changes in stats and maybe like a passive like some of them, like one, a couple characters have a thing where every 10 minutes or so they, they start, they, they get another duplicator and they start to fire one extra projectile or they have maybe like they, their area of effects gets better after 10 minutes or something. In this game, their whole classes and they're cool classes. They're like death knights and monks and, and like hunters and, uh, like all these different, like, uh, uh, uh demon warrior and like two hand. Yeah. They're, they're these and the class you choose um, gives you access to a signature ability, but also it changes which suites of uh, abilities you can pick up. So if you're a paladin, you're going to see holy spell. But if you're a ranger, you won't. Yeah. So so there's a there is a from from picking the classes, there is a massive difference from run to run what you get access to. And like I said, I I think these runs get out of control. Like they they are just like five different things firing. This um uh, uh, to 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 explain it more too. This is back to that vampire survivor. There's nothing active in this game. Um, there's no active ability. It's it's fully Vampire Survivor. It's all passive, but you have a big bar of passive abilities and tons of pa- uh, of, of 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 like of your your actives that are on cooldowns that are constantly going off, and then you have tons of passive abilities. Um, they everything kind of like has these insane synergies, and this is definitely one of those games where it's all being put into like data processing where everything had like you you'll even see an upgrade might read something like increases the range of your abilities and increases the chance the area of effect and and chance to proc or something um and then every skill you're getting it might be like fire explosion and it it on the and and it'll say you know uh, it explodes for x amount of damage in an area around you and then on the bottom it'll say like this is a fire spell this is an aoe spell this is a timed spell this is like it'll it'll have all these tags and then the upgrades you're getting are modifying those tags so stuff that are projectiles are like you you might get like a poison projectile and now you've got the ability where your projectiles split off and now you have one where your projectiles go through targets and now you have one where your projectiles fire behind you and now you have one where when you when you hit an enemy it it, it splinters to a shotgun of the projectile so this game is like nuts with that kind of stuff gets crazy it's still in early access but it it, it is probably my favorite of these it like it has a cool pixely chunkily style um and uh the other another really big thing about this is that i think it is kind of the most readable of these so yes so the other the other ones that we've said including vampire survivors can get really really messy on screen with a lot of 
things going off and a lot of enemies attacking and your projectiles are hiding the enemies because they get to be so big that your like, AoEs are exploding and are all over the place and are obfuscating the screen. In, in, in uh, Soulstone Survivors, there are uh, MMO-style raid telegraphs. So, you know, you might fight a boss and it's lobbing... Uh, Molotovs at you, and there's there's the little red outlines on the ground. You see that the, 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 the where the boss is attacking, and it's extremely readable. Usually, combat in this game stays very very readable, and uh, for all that kind of reasons, like I think this like going forward, this is an early access. I think going forward with a lot of the mechanics that they have, they they there there is a lot of stuff that's going to get continually expanded on, other than just all the cool classes, all the cool characters. There is like uh, talent trees. There are you can upgrade the characters' weapons to give them access to um, like hyper master versions of their key signature abilities. And like I mean like these these characters are fun and crazy. Like there's like a a hunter that has like a musket and like it becomes pretty active because it's uh, it's all more about projectile. So so you're 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 or like pets. you're playing like twin stick and it has pets and um everything you know like the pets have their own tag and then you're you're getting all these like turrets that are falling out and like the characters just like they ooze way more so like in, in vampire survivors there's just like certain things that i i tend to love like i love the garlic in vampire survivors it's just like something where i want to be able to break like the, the cats the, i want to be able to like break the chandeliers and everything wacky cats that just run around yeah i want to be able to like oh, yeah, do, love do, do certain things like i just like love my my garlic and in this game, it it, 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 you feel classes, and I think that it gets that extra. We're always talking about like liking the way that different classes feel, and this game is like you know, like you said, you're playing a paladin, so you have a massive holy aura, and you're doing holy shock waves, and uh, there's holy, there's there's bolts from coming from the heavens that are that are hitting targets for like massive damage, but just randomly across the screen, and the characters just feel super super different, and like it feels great. It's an awesome game. Uh, November Moving 8th, on. 8th, Sonic uh, Frontiers. Gonna, I, people love that game. It's Dude. an important game. We should we should reflect on it. Why? Why do people like it? Because uh, people are desperate for whatever reason. Yeah, you could just make like a bad open world game that is just like a whack-ass, uh, you know, game that is worse than Breath of the Wild and 10 years too late and, and uh, you it's, put Sonic in it. It's nothing like Breath of the Wild, right? What is it? Because it's not an open world game. It's level-based. You know that? I thought the whole thing was that it was open world, so it's no, not even that. See, this is pe- this is the the year where people can for being open. World. It happened with Kirby, and it happened with uh, Sonic. Fr- well, you call it Sonic Frontiers, and then what do you hey, think? Hey, I didn't call it that. And and also for what it's worth, uh, they are taking the criticism that they are receiving from this game very seriously. They think of Sonic Frontiers as the innovation that's going to lead them to uh, Sonic Frontiers Two. You know. That was a, you were supposed to laugh. That was a funny joke. Well, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Any, you know nothing it, about nothing about Sonic I find to be funny. I just find it to be like the, kind of horrifying or they. they I mean, did you see the movie? Horrifying. It's a funny movie. It's got the a funny man, right? Well, Mar- the funny well, he, man? he's not in the Marvel. You know, I can't believe you're uh, this this cold on Sonic Frontiers. Uh, you just wait. I mean, listen, people didn't like Assassin's Creed One, but Assassin's Two. That's one of the best games. Assassin's Creed 2 is amazing. It's true, but I liked Assassin's Creed. Remember when people thought, uh, actually, Pokemon Arceus, people were also like, it's Pokemon, but it's Breath of the Wild. And it definitely wasn't. No, it was certain. I mean, it, I mean, it was, it was, it was a bad, it, it was trying to be that. It was just a bad facsimile of it where you still had 
traversal you still had very wide open areas and you had traversal mechanics you had a pokemon that let you climb up walls the way you would in breath of the wild you had a pokemon that let you swim around you had these things like it kind of was bad breath of the wild it's just pokemon rcs was breath just it Moving just on. yeah tactics ogre it was a great year for strategies you know we we got triangle strategy which i think is a bit is a bit underrated overall um and we got tactics ogre reborn uh which maybe is a bit overrated. I don't know. Uh, it's not. It's not a bad game, but there are some things that make it a little less fun than Final Fantasy Tactics because I, I feel like uh, all of these games uh, are are compared to. Did you play Final Fantasy Tactics? Um, I did. I, and I also I played the the other the what was the one the, the Evilise one um, for uh, A two or right. uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so then you've played the best this genre has to offer, uh, in my opinion. I mean, there's some ones that I haven't played. I haven't played Fey Tactics, um, and I haven't... I, I like. I played Felseal. Uh, I think Felseal is a great game that is brought down by having bad art style. So what Tactics Ogre does right is it looks like Final Fantasy. It has a great art style. Um, it has uh, a great story. Uh, it has amazing music, some of the, the best in this genre, but then there are some other weird designs. So this is an, an SRPG, so a, a strategy RPG, uh, grid-based combat with character classes. At, at the start of every battle, you see what, what the opponent field looks like, and you deploy uh, your characters to the field based on the best. As you get through the campaign, you uh, unlock the ability, you, you unlock new classes, essentially, and you also unlock... Uh, some like story characters who have a, I think some of them might have some like premier classes to them. I'm not, but otherwise you could just recruit, uh, keep filing in the ranks, which is important also because it has permadeath, uh, which could be a bit rough. I mean, it's, it's pretty rare that someone will die because when someone dies, uh, they're knocked down. You have uh, three rounds to revive them. And if you beat the mission while they're down, they come back. So that, that's, that's a good thing. It's not so brutal a system, but it is like a pretty challenging game. And there are uh, some uh, some uh, side objectives and some ways to unlock characters uh, that are very challenging. Uh, ultimately, the reason why I fell off this game is because all of the fights feel like a big... The fights are long. The fights are... They're stressful, you know, when... When, when permadeath is on the table, the fights become stressful. There are fights that I had to restart and play through a couple of times. And, and I feel like so, some people are fine with that, but I was mostly looking for like a JRP that I could like open up on my Steam Deck while I'm like watching a show or something and just like poke at. Uh, and Tactics Ogre definitely isn't that. It, it's a more challenging game, a game that is less forgiving than than I was looking for, uh, which ultimately led me. I, I don't think it's a bad game, uh, but it wasn't the right um, difficulty level and level of like chill fact. But there are some cool ideas. Um, one of the things that I like about it is that there is reborn. Uh, there are these buffs that uh, populate on the field. Every round, every uh, turn, new like buff card will appear on the field. And if you pick it up, that character gets a buff for the rest of the fight. And I think it's interesting because in a lot of SRPGs, especially Air Emblem, what you would usually do is you would set your your team up uh, just outside of the opponent's range of attack. 
uh, in order to force them to move in on you, you would always an advent. Uh, but the buff system sort of throws that for a loop because it, it incentivizes uh, play aggressive. Uh, and I think that that's, that that's like a pretty clever idea. Mm-hmm. And I think that they, 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 I, I didn't play the original, so it's hard for me to talk about the ways in which they created on it. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that um, Final Fantasy Tactics uh, remaster that got leaked. I'm, I'm, that's the one I'm really... Because I, I want the uh, the little Koopos, you know? You got it. That's the that's the jam. Ooh, that's a lot of talking. Good thing <laughs> yeah. uh, you're the one who's going to talk about Pentiment, right? Nah, what even is the deal? Oh, you don't know about Pentiment? Oh, man. You're learning about so many games. Uh, so Pentiment is a game by Obsidian. Do you know Obsidian Studios? Oh, certainly. Obsidian made uh, some of the Elder Scrolls. They made uh, Fallout. the Fallout. They, Ve- they made Vegas Fallout is. New Vegas, which is the one that people like. The Sure. So Pentiment is an adventure game. Uh, it is an adventure game that has a very... Maybe uh, those of you at home, uh, look at Pentiment and look at some of the photos and you'll see that it has like a, it's got a pretty unique look to it. It's sort of like a very, uh, it's very stylized, very like, uh, I don't know that it's Renaissance because I don't know enough about art. 16th century European sort of. A st- and in this game, uh, you play as uh, somebody who works in pretty sure. You, so uh, full disclosure, this is a good, this is probably my a 2023, uh, 2022 game. Uh, also, it's on GamePad. But this is a game where, at some point, I think that it's mostly like a detective game where you are investigating like some things that go wrong and go awry. And it's also a game that's very much like Obsidian-style RPG where uh, you are making choices and your character has a background, basically they are, and that gives you ec- extra types of different knowledge. And Pentiment is essentially like... Um, well, what it means is like when an artist has, you know, uh, a layer of of paint and then they paint over it. And then as something is restored, uh, you start to see what the artist had originally. In. And I'm personally really curious as I go into understanding why this game is named Pentiment and what the deal is with. Because I think that, uh, and like I said, it's on Game Pass. It's made by a studio that you could depend on for making good stuff. So, gotta be good. It's gotta be good. Continuing on, we've got December 1st Neural Cloud, a game I'm still playing another gotcha. The oh year. Oh my goodness. How do you do it? The years of gotchas. They're just, it's just, it's just coming out. Um, this is a best described. So this is your favorite one. This is one of the best ones that came out this year. This is the, the by the numbers, I would say, the best one. Not, not success-wise. Th- certainly not. That would be Nikkei. But um, this is really a... that's the Nikkei is the most successful. Yeah, more than more than Genshin because I still oh, I think I Genshin I think Genshin a lot is of people talk uh, of about the Genshin. of the new one. People love Genshin. Um, so this this okay, is a do you, love, do you play Genshin? No. Um, Ooh. this this is a uh similar to uh, Team Fight Tactics. This is a auto chess kind of game where it's a gotcha where you get but auto chess and then the, the crazier is that these stages in this game aren't like one off stages they are it is fully roguelike it is exactly like you're you are picking paths down a you know down a tree an advancing tree where you're making choices of oh i want to fight the harder fight for a better reward i want to go to the the um, merchant to be able to buy like upgrades and you're getting these 
these uh, protocols, oh, yeah. which is yeah. what the game calls like buffs, and the buffs will do stuff like your warriors have increased crit after taking a critical hit or so. So there are all these things where you can where you can make your team have these crazier, more unique things, and it it's a really cool game. I talked a fair amount. Of, um, uh, I think that also it's it is the maybe the most free to play um, of any gacha I've ever played. Um, be, for multiple reasons. First of all, there's no PP, so there's really nothing like it's. It's funny when it, when there's no PVP in a gacha. Um, usually, what people joke about is that it's paid to lose because if if there's a character that comes out that's like like let's say that there's bad design, there's a character that comes out that's just better, that's just great, and they're amazing, and you could put them into any team. Then you know, paying money to get them is like okay. Now you have less fun. Now now instead of thinking about your teams, you just Dang. have this character yeah, that you I get put that. in. And there's nothing that there's no advantage. Um, like like the like if if the the less money you put in, if the characters are worse, like the more that you have to think about how you win these games, the more you have to play L- the limitation game. Limitation breeds creativity, right? And, that, yeah. and that's why I think a Marvel Snap has fact. Um, so also fuck net deck, am I right? Yeah, fuck net net deck. So it's been the most free to play. Uh, when you get another crazy thing is usually like. A lot of the current uh, uh, games require a lot of dupes to make the character stronger than than as strong as they could be. This game, whenever you get any dupes of any character, you get this currency that is a universal currency that lets you um, like max dupe whatever character you get. So you only really need one of any character, and that's awesome. Um, and there's all these different wild mechanics that that uh, that this game is doing at the same time. It's just a really really cool game. Um, uh, I love that, that, uh, team fight tactics, auto chess times, you know, roguelike mode. And it's a uh, really worth checking out. Um, it's, it's from the, uh, girls frontline people, which is like, they make, um, so that's, that's it. That's sick, dude. That's awesome. I'm it, so it, glad it, you're good game. Um, Marvel Midnight Suns, Mar- this, a game that is probably especially on here because of our, our brush with Marvel. I've been so into Marvel that I wanted to know more about Magic. You know, Magic was such a cool character in Marvel Snap. They have such a cool aesthetic, and I deal with Nick. When are they putting and her I in the MCU? Out. Right. Well, you know, Magic. You know what they can do? They can open a portal to Limbo, and they use that to. I mean, it's 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 interesting if you ever watched um some of the older uh, X Men stuff. Uh, and and uh, ultimately, what you learned is that Nightcrawler, when he uh, bamfs between places uh if his power goes awry if he tries to go too far he can end up in limbo because what he's actually doing is jumping in and out of limbo and that's how he teleports around and that's that's what magic does but anyways marvel midnight Sun. uh so what a what a weird and wacky game to talk about because it is uh so you so unique in what it is it is a game developed by firaxis by the team that made XCOM, but it's very different uh, I mean, there are some similarities, but essentially, uh, this is also a strategy RPG. You know, you're moving units around a map. Uh, in this game, the, unlike XCOM, XCOM has these very large maps uh, where you're moving into uh, Fog of War. And as you move through Fog of War, or as you're revealing new enemies, you're dealing with the unexpected. Whereas in this game, you are in and the arenas, you know, all the enemies are in front of you. Uh, the stage is full of hazards. And your team is there. And then, from there, it's a card game. So I don't know if you knew that part, but every character uh, has a deck of cards that you are editing as you uh, develop them. And the cards will say things like, you know, 
deal X amount of damage and generate one heroism or like forceful knockback on KO gain one counter. Uh, so essentially like it is a game about like you're drawing cards to deal attack. Everyone you have access to uh, three energy. So you or rather, sorry, you have access to three card plays. Um, but some of the cards are quick. You kill an enemy with a quick card, you get the card play. So you're trying to like balance your on like killing the enemies that you can kill with the cards that you have, uh, interacting with the with the level and the environment, uh, where essentially you're trying to like knock enemies into each other, knock them off of the map, knock them into like electric that would stun them or into like explosive barrels and things like that. So and also you can see the intent of the enemies above their heads. So in that way, uh, this game kind of reminds me a little bit of Into the Beach. Yeah, it's so funny that that comparison is. Yeah, but but then there's this other half of the game, uh, which is that it's like this um, sort of like persona social linky situation um, where you are playing as the ain't like this ancient warrior who was resurrected uh, to stop Lilith dark uh from taking over the world uh and everybody just wants to spider-man wants you to be his best buddy and and uh you know nico wants to show you her favorite movies and and blade wants to talk about how you both have a darkness contain and as you social link up with them uh it's also changing your character's um light balance because you are this character that is like between the light and and as you're making decisions throughout the game you're making light choices or, or dark choices and your character's deck and the cards that you get access to are changing but also those responses are going to affect your friendships so some characters are really into the darker response like magic uh but characters like captain marvel if you make those choices those they're not uh you know you're, you're gonna be less friendly with them and it'll lead those characters to develop uh, at a worse pace but tons of fan service just like um they, they do so much name dropping in this game all you know all constantly bringing up all sorts of like marvel bullshit and uh you know agatha plays like a pretty big key role in this if, if you like these characters i mean it's hop in here and and sort of see what they've got going on i mean you've got the it's a it's a good cast you know and there's the, the game has like a massive friggin' with like five extra characters that are going to come out and what is it deadpool venom morbius storm pretty cool so if you want to uh, play as Scarlet Witch and uh, fling people around, this that's, is uh, that's so not... interesting. So what do they say? Like they want you. Like is it all I don't at once? Know. I have no clue because I and this I. This doesn't seem like the kind I of didn't... game that would be like like you. you it's it's a you know single player game that you play it's through. It's a one and dunzer. And then you finish it. So the idea of it being like, well, this month Deadpool is out. Of being like, are you going to play the whole game again? Like why wouldn't you just wait for maybe the season pass to be done? Like why? Yeah. Would, so the the new game plot the 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 DLC is going to be. Extra missions and endgame con, but also New Game Plus uh, will be a factor, and you'll be able to bring the DLC characters. And it, and the other thing that's really weird about New Game Plus, and I'm not there, by the way, this game is really fucked. I'm 50 hours into this game. I think I'm maybe like, I don't know, 60, 70% there, but it's long. Uh, but the New Game Plus is really funny because there's going to be like all of these missions where it's like, we have to save Wanda. We have to go save Scarlet Witch. And she's like right there. And it's like, you could take Scarlet Witch with you. Yeah. So like, it, it's fine, right? Like that's a new game plus thing. So whatever. But you're also going to get that with um, the DLC where Venom is one of the antagonists in this game. And when the DLC releases, you're going to be able to take Venom and you need to fight Venom. 
Yeah, but it's okay because uh, this venom is from Earth six one six, and this venom uh, is actually from World ten fifty five. Yeah, you're exactly Mysteri- right. Mysterio will explain it to you. Marvel in a Spider Man No Way Home. You see that? That movie is. No, it's not on Disney. Yeah, you're going to need the Stars add-on. You're going to need the Stars Hulu add-on. And then you're going to need to spend that Stars Hulu add-on. You have one week, and you have to watch three Spider-Mans and two Venom. I have Hulu. I don't have Stars. Yeah, but you need the Stars add-on. Do you feel like the, the team-building stuff makes sense? I mean, I actually see what they're going for. The characters it's are fun. what it's about. So if they handle it well, then it's just more time to like flesh out those characters or to Blade or something. Why wouldn't I want to talk yeah. to Blade? I mean, it's interesting because it's also the characters that are in it are the Midnight Sun and the Avengers. So it's interesting because there's animosity between where like the Avengers are just like, you're just a bunch of kids. You're just like a bunch of like troubled emo kids. Like, because it's like Blade, Nico, Magic, and uh, the Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes. Yo, Blade is so So they're just like, you're a bunch of troubled kids and we're adults, let us hand. But at the same time, like you're fighting um these like lovecraftian like horrors and and dealing with like mostly magic so it's this interesting like dichotomy of like yeah we might be like kids or whatever but like you avengers don't have the experience except for you know dr strange he's there magic has experience she's the queen of limbo did you know that i do i didn't know know about mephisto right i know some things about mephisto and and how much people want him in the mc i mean he's in midnight suns I really want to check out. It's a good game. Midnight it's Sense good is going to be my 20, 2023, 2022 game of the year. It's a bit demanding on the hardware. So I don't know how well it would have Steam Deck. I think it's verified. So maybe it's like optimized well for that. Even the playable entering some text uh, requires men. That's not that bad. There you go. So. So what's next? I played a little Solar bit, but not a lot Ash. of it, of Solar Ash. Solar Ash is, what is it? Uh, heart, heart, yeah, Heart Machine. Published by Annapurna. Heart Machine Machine made um, Hyperlight Drifter. So this is like a a, a highly stylized action platform. Some like fighting kind of elements, but um, you are... So far, I I kind of like wasn't digging this. It was sad because it it had its September 8th and it was... I think it might have been on Epic prior to that. So it's been out for a little bit. um, But I I was kind of like confused to see it launch on Steam with no real aplomb. And then also to hear like, oh, it's been out for a little while. It's been on a different... and But like I didn't really hear about it the way that I heard about Hyperlight. And I love Hyperlight. Um, it's still pretty stylized, um, which is different than Hyperlight. I just don't... I don't like style quite as much. And it's like kind of a weird thing. Like you're... It's, it's like you're a roller skating astronaut, kind of. Like you're you're kind of on these like weird uh, Mario Galaxy-esque areas where it's the curve of the planet and the galaxy that you're on you can kind of see the curve from where you're at and that you can like look up and see other areas Mm -hmm. to platform and you're kind of skating around and most of the gameplay and like i don't didn't love this is like you will like hit a thing to start a time trial where like a fuse is kind of going through this dark muck and you're having to do platforming and get over to the area to like keep hitting these like little tumors in this black muck to like open this area up and that's kind of like like the the first kind of zone is like you're in a circular open area and you can make a choice to go like right or left and both areas are the little time trialy platforming segments and i apparently that's a lot of what this game is is like you do like these time trials and then as you unlock you finish the 
little time trial zone to get the boss to fight you. So like in the beginning, there's like a, for example, like a big dragon that's flying way above you. And when you clear both the, like the three or whatever, so time trial thing goes to do, the dragon comes down and then you fight the dragon by like kind of skating on its back. And apparently a lot of the game can be like very samey and it's kind of a lot of that. It's kind of a lot of, you do this exact time trial thing platform uh, a one, two or three times and then the boss comes down and then you like skate on the boss and it's like another time trial thing. You have to skate up the boss's back three times and then I was a little disappointed. I might return to it, but I, I wasn't particularly high on this game. And then December 13th. It's got a really unique look to it though, right? Like it does got a really unique look It's got a look, look and it's, it sounds like a unique concept for it. Yeah, but I, it, was, it was a little sad that I bounced off of this during how much I love Machine and how much I, I've been like itching for another... Um, and I didn't yeah. want them to do exactly Hyper Light Drifter. I thought like they could have done something that was a little bit more uh, in that vein, but I, this wasn't it. Like this is like a weird. Yeah, maybe they should put it on Game Pass. No, Potion Potion Craft is on. You go play Potion. Craft. It's right did there. Did you play any high on December? Oh my god, the I did. Roy Justin Roiland game. I did game? play this. The Rick and Morty I, guy. I played it. It's on Game Pass. It is a sixty dollar game, but if you've got games right there, you just um. This is a competent game. This is. I, I would say that it's more than a competent game. I think that it's actually a great game. Uh, and it's it, it does something that very few games... The, yeah, no games. I mean, look at uh, look at Borderlands. I mean, Jazz Punk is a pretty funny. That's the last funny game I can think of. Actually, I mean, Stanley not Parable. for broadcast. Huh? Stanley Parable has this moment. Stanley Parable is definitely... That's true. It, it's uh, rare. It's rare that games are funny. It's so It's so bizarre. Like, the medium just, like, cannot get humor right half the time. Yeah, so so I feel like last year a lot of people talked about um, Guardians of the as being like this amazing double A game, the type of game where it's not trying to be a service, it's just like a one and done, uh, great romp, and that. And I feel like that's what you're getting. So this is with the caveat that if you don't think Rick and Morty is funny, you're not going to like. It. And, and I think that that's fine because I do think Rick funny. I think that Rick and Morty, like a lot of things, has an obnoxious and. and and I'll say Rick and Morty has an obnoxious, but at the same time, I think that it's a fan base that's like regularly lit. And, and I think people do a lot more talking about Rick and Morty. I actually haven't met a lot of these. That said, this this yeah, game, but so... You, you do walk around and just get those, you know, unpickle Rick shirts. It's like, it, it's weird do. because I, I, you know, I, I, I will say this about Rick and Morty. I heard so much about it for so long, and I finally watched all of Rick and Morty recently, and I've watched it like through twice basically now. And I really like it. I think it is pretty funny for the most part. For a long time, I did because I I hate the way that Rick's burping all the time. Like it, it's especially in the beginning. Like until you get used to it, if it drives me crazy. But the show does is it very remind funny. you too much of Nate. What does yeah. it remind you too much of Nate, who is just also always burping? Nate and Morty. So I, I think that the <laughs> the show has like some really cool episodes, and it can be pretty smart sometimes. Like that. Like I think one of my favorite episodes is this like crazy race race play thing where it's about like the citadel of ricks and that the ricks are kind of like white oh people i love it that and is the such Mortys an incredible are, like, black episode. people and it's this like interesting episode that's following four threads uh between like all these like race kind of things through the eyes of rick and morty kind of subbing in for a race and there's some really nice and and like very funny and good competent stuff with that show i think that it's it is a good show and it's really weird. It's always weird to me that like the takeaway f is like, and, and like, just like you said, you know, like any fan base can suck. And also the problem with fan base is usually the suckiest people are the loudest. So there's, so you have the people that are like, you know, reaming on um, pickle on top of a, 
of of, of a McDonald's counter, and like, yeah, that person is probably you know not an enjoyable person to be around, and they are making that fan base look terrible. But um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like the show itself is good; it's a good show. I would recommend. I think that like I mean, the humor I mean, can be fine. And if show. you like that comedy, uh, might I recommend High on Life? So what this game is, uh, is it is a, it's a it's a good look like it is it's a first person shooter uh, where you play as uh, this person who essentially like they've recent like they're a recent graduate with no prospects and don't know what they're gonna do, um, and then aliens invade the world and you happen to. Uh, pick up a weapon off of one of their dead bodies. And the weapon uh, comes from this alien race, the Gatlian, uh, who are essentially sentient weapons. And the sentient weapon is, is played by Justin. So it, it essentially befalls on you to like save the world. Your, your like house is pulled out of the ground and teleported to worldwide sort of Citadel where uh, you start working with this bounty hunter uh, who essentially like gives you his gear and his uh all his old gear and information and in exchange if you die he whatever uh the the but but otherwise it is just like a, a like a first person shooter in the way that they like used to be where you're like going through levels you're like getting upgrades the upgrades are like helping you traverse the traversal is giving you access like secret collectibles which you're using to like your gear uh get access to you know uh, more powerful versions of the weapons and all of the guns are voice acted by different i heard that one of the guns is voiced by tim robbins so i'm i'm really interested in getting him that that will be fun uh it's 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 just it's just good like it is just like a solid game that i don't really have anything to complain about the one thing maybe that i could complain about uh and and maybe this is a, a me problem uh, but there's no FOV slider, which is an issue for me because I play on an ultra wide monitor. Uh, but that's really nip. Otherwise, it's a great game with like really satisfying and fun movies. Uh, the weapons feel like punchy and powerful. Uh, yeah, just like great voice acting, great aesthetics, really nice, vibrant alien worlds. And so check it out. It's on Game Pass. Otherwise, it's unfortunate that 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 whole thing Rick and Morty fans kind of like work to you though because. I have seen so many of the what could be very good jokes. Um, yes. Like, like I like it, it was just like the day that this came out, and like you always, there's so many tube videos titled like "What happens if if when they say to shoot, you press the pause button?" And then it's like, oh yeah, that, okay. Like I mean, if I found that out, diage- if I found that out, like in playing the game, you know, like if I found that out in context, I feel like I would have thought that was pretty funny that they had a a quote about it. But now I heard that, so now like. Oh, I didn't. I, maybe uh, I missed it because yeah, I don't. I didn't really um, see any of it. Yeah. I just heard about the game and I was like, that sounds. That sounds. Uh, it's, and there it's hard are, there because are like some... YouTube is the is like becoming the worst at that. I don't. I don't mm, even know a way yeah. around it. But because YouTube, I don't like subscribe to Reddit. I subscribe to things and I and I think that usually like there's a spoiler tag and usually for them there is some semblance of like you sheep certain things. Um, that are spoilers under wraps. Uh, obviously, that doesn't always happen. Like there was like whole stuff where uh, Invincible just seems like it was very rapidly ruined, and a lot of memes kind of show off the important things that happen in that show. But um, uh, you go on YouTube, and it's just like you would like the, the crazy scene when Jon Snow dies or something like it, it, stuff like that. Like I mean, hold on, I gotta I should cut that out. Uh, the the 
you know, Justin Roiland literally dying in this game or so, like the, the, when that happened, like it's, it's stuff like that where it's like, you can't title, you shouldn't title that. You should play it anyway. Yeah. You should try it out. It's I've, there are some laugh out loud, funny moments. The way that the, the game also has such a strong, like they, they immediately like me think that it was maybe my favorite um, introduction of any game. All right. That was all we had. That was our, our 2022 review. We did it. We're done. I think that was a really good year for games overall. Actually, I'm pretty impressed. There was there were some really cool games in in that 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 year. It was interesting. This was the for me. This is like a year that is like defined in a lot of cases by um, well, Marvel in 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 one and uh, definitely Vampire Survivor, Bullet Heaven uh, games, huge genre exploding. And the Steam Deck came out. this Yeah, the year. Steam Deck came out this year. How crazy is that? It was like what an amazing thing. It's like such a it's such a great thing to have for me. Like I I feel like I'm playing. I'm always playing games. I'm playing more games than ever because of that. Like it, I think a lot of the 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 factually all those bullet heaven games like that started because i was just looking at games to play on steam deck and like it was just you know here's 20 minutes till then uh for yeah. five bucks so so uh do you want to do categories or do you want to save that for now let's say that's for next time because i've been a while i'm gonna um... there's a lot of categories yeah all right wtdjpodcast.com that's where you could go to listen to this podcast it's WTDJ where it lives podcast. on the internet we are so close to the big three we're at this is about to be episode 294, possibly even 295, if this is split into well, two. Well, yeah, it's going to be split into two, because this, this podcast alone was four and a half hours. Okay, so that's uh, 294 and 295. Ooh. At least. Might be more than that. Right on. Uh, WTDGpodcast.com. You go there. You could like uh, click on an episode, download it. If you like to download things, uh, you download it. The people download things. I don't know. If you like to stream it, though, Spotify, iTunes. Wherever you uh, get your RSS on, where you go, uh, you can find us on Twitter, also at SignWT, and you'll get notification episodes when they Thank you, Ryan Gallon Bumper, for your intro and outro. You can get it off the new album, Pop Songs 2020, and it's increasingly not new, especially now, considering we're in, you can find them in, at YouTube. Thank you, James. Thanks. And we, I mean, it's a new year. It, we got to sign off with some new thing, um, and I... We should actually think of something. We should think of something, right? Yeah. Hmm. Snap! <laughs> oh, snap! Oh, snap! I'm Pickle Rick. How about <laughs> that? How about how about Pickle? We got a Pickle Rick joke in a Snap joke. Pickle Rick. I don't I don't like that. Okay. It doesn't feel good. Cause someone might think take it too seriously. They might think they might think you're a Rick and Morty fan. They might think that I that I I'm Capital jumping F. on top of. A, you know, you jump on top of a McDonald's one time for a counter for Szechuan's and you just damn the whole audience. That's all it takes. You know. Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, if they had, if McDonald's had a, had a Genshin impact nugget and then some fan was like rolling around and, and, you know, like screaming at the top of their lungs for the Genshin impact nuggets, then that would be the defining trait of the Genshin impact fan. You know, right on. is it fair? Maybe not. Do you want to join me in the, uh, oh wait, we have to, so what is the sign off? Okay. It's the um, sauce boss. How about that? That sounds great. Are you going to remember that? It's the sauce boss. That's that's a uh, sweet baby raise. Oh, are we allowed to say that legally? Um, this podcast is uh, sponsored let's see, by. That's, it's okay. the sauce, boss. All right, it's the sauce.